Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Good people, welcome. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about SEO, welcome. And today I'm so excited to discuss about effectiveness of SEO with Doug. How are you? Doing great. Pumped to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I check out your profile on LinkedIn. I often see your content online. You are active with that. Uh, you share content on many well-known resources. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about SEO. Sure. So my journey with SEO starts about nine years ago. I got started with uh, niche sites, so like affiliate sites and that sort of thing. It was kind of accidental. I found the Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn, and I didn't even know anything about entrepreneurship or side hustles or niche sites at all. But I was hooked and it actually sounded like a scam. So I, I was like, I don't even know <laughs> if this is real. <laughs> but I kept listening. And after a handful of episodes, I thought, I, I got to do this. I need to you know, try to build my own site. And I was really obsessed. I probably listened to you know, all of the episodes that Smart Passive Income had out at the time. So you know, a few years worth. And I had a corporate project management job. So I, I was listening to those shows like during the commute while I was working. So I, I went through everything in just a few weeks. So I started a site and it, it was actually kind of a flop. I didn't know what I was doing at all, but I was, I was hooked and obsessed. So I kept trying and I think it was my, my second real attempt when I, I kind of figured some things out. Of course, things are completely different now than they were in 2013. But I've I've kept current uh, generally, and you know, fast forward a couple years after that, I got laid off in 2015. So I took my you know side hustle full time with the niche sites and affiliate marketing, and I have some online courses as well. And as time went on, I thought, ah, I want to get into YouTube a little bit. So I've been publishing on YouTube for a few years. And then I finally started my own podcast um, in 2019. So that's been going on a few years too. And I talk usually about, you know, SEO, affiliate marketing, a lot of success stories to people that followed along in like Pat Flynn's foot, footsteps or maybe, you know, my own even. Nice, nice. Love, love, love your journey. Okay, let's talk about uh, SEO. You mentioned that you started uh, and many things changed. For example, from my experience, I remember when uh, like... Uh, yeah, I remember 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything and all websites ranked well. Uh, we didn't care a lot about user intent, about uh, creating content for a human being. Yeah, we created only content for Google search engines because we didn't know about uh, other part of the story. But Google changed attitudes. Today, we pay more attention to create content for human beings. Can you tell how to develop and innovate skills in SEO? Because many things are coming. Google provides a lot of new updates. Uh, I don't remember exactly the number. It's like more than 500 times a year. Sometimes uh, in some studies, uh, I got it like 5,000 times a year, uh, probably uh, slight updates. Can you tell how to update skills today in SEO? 
Well, I'm going to have to guess because obviously I'm not developing the same skills from scratch. So I have like a, you know, a lot of knowledge, previous knowledge that helps me figure out how to sort through things. So I would probably, I mean, like I said, I'm a fan of YouTube and podcasts. So I would probably go to those couple areas and really focus on content that is current. So when I first started learning about SEO, I, you know, I read a bunch of blogs and I referred to podcasts primarily. And, you know, one big mistake that I made is I was learning from a blog post that was like three years old. And I didn't know enough to know that it was probably out of date and not relevant anymore. Some of it still kind of worked, but it led to, you know, penalties like manual Google penalties, which, you know, most S good SEOs have that in their history. You know, they, they've played on the edge of what's acceptable. So I would start, you know, whatever format you like. So if you do like to read, then, you know, check out blogs too, but make sure it's current. And then maybe even more important is to really make sure whoever you're learning from is successful like nowadays and is trustworthy. So one easy way to tell is if someone's promoting products constantly, I maybe wouldn't trust them because there's a lot of like products, uh, wh whether it's a service or a software product where, you know, if someone's pushing it a little too hard, their incentive is probably being an affiliate and earning from that. Or if they're only promoting courses or they always have a new thing that they're promoting, I would be a little hesitant. I mean, it doesn't always lead to uh, like bad results, but but the point is if someone is just trying to sell to you all the time, I would be very nervous about that. And, you know, the other thing is there's, there's a ton of communities out there as well. So if you, you're part of a Facebook group or something like that, or maybe a discord, and you know, people that have been doing this for a little while, you could probably ask them like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, do SEO for like an e-commerce shop. They could probably refer you to an expert in that area, or if they're doing SEO for, you know, some other, uh, goals, then you would probably be better off asking someone who's either been in the industry for a little while, you know, who, who they would follow. And that's probably where I would start. Of course, there's a lot of information that, you know, Google actually puts out. And I think it's valuable to go and, and read that. It's not directly helpful. Like if you go and read the, uh, you know, site Raider guidelines or all the, all the guidelines that Google provides for us, it's not necessarily going to tell you any like answers but it'll give you an idea of what they're trying to do, whether or not the results actually reflect that is a different story, but at least you can, you know, read the long document. <laughs> Have you read it by the way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I read it, uh, just one time because yeah, because, uh, of curiosity, how Google, uh, explains about something. Uh, and, uh, I can tell that uh, I rely a lot, uh, only about what Google uh is trying to tell us so yeah i have different attitude to many things but yeah i love it why not so yeah it's better to learn from them and for me it's more important uh, to do than learn you know uh, i i like learning but uh, i spent like 20 percent of time by uh, reading learning 
listening audio podcast and 80 percent of time i'm doing this stuff because i think you know nobody knows what actually works without testing without analyzing <laughs> without many uh, experiments that we can provide so it, it, it's my attitude <laughs> how things right work. right and to go back to the original question you know how how someone you know sh- can learn or should learn these days i mean you could follow along and like you said execution you're going to learn more with that that's one of the things that i did early on and i i'm i don't want to make mistakes but i know i will make mistakes along the way so you know you want to test and see what works and you know take take some action and that makes a huge obviously a huge difference because you you can read about how to ride a bicycle or something like that Mm -hmm. or even watch your videos but you really need to sit (laughs) on a bike and start pedaling and like figure out how to balance properly and turn and all that stuff so you can read all you want um but you do have to take some action out there so yeah exactly yeah i love it it's like uh to read 100 books how to play soccer you know without playing you know <laughs> you can read a thousand books how to play soccer but if you don't play if you don't take a ball don't hit this ball you can't get any result because uh, it's more important to play than learn how to play so yeah it's the same with seo you can uh consume the all content online but if you don't do it so results won't come <laughs> i have the question about strategy can you tell how to create the right strategy because you know i see when the masters use uh, uh tools uh well-known tools like samrush hrs many others uh find a list of keywords they see volume wow yeah i wanna get this traffic and create uh, mediocre content uh, probably not mediocre sometimes high quality but it's hard to compete with uh, other players who have authority trust many other things uh, can you tell how to create the right strategy for example for a new website that uh, have no experience authority anything but they wanna get results uh, of course uh, it's a long game uh, it takes time but uh, how to find the best strategy for a new website i think yeah well I'll, I'll preface and say like if people are in a big hurry to earn money um, maybe do something else like do a service business or something um, if you're looking for SEO traffic, there's a good chance it'll take a little longer. And I, there's certainly ways to get traffic faster. And maybe other people are like, you know, do these things and you can get traffic and they might be right. But typically, in the last few years, it's taken longer to rank a site, a brand new site, especially. Typically, the people that I bump into that, you know, beat the curve and get traffic and start earning money faster, they're usually publishing as much content as they can whether they're writing it themselves or they're hiring someone they typically you know they're putting in a lot of work they're like i said there's some limiting limiting factor it's either their own time if they're writing it or capital if they're hiring writers or or both right so with that in mind you know publishing as much as you can as quickly as possible is probably one of the signals you could send to google that like hey we're taking this seriously it's high quality content we're publishing like three articles a day or something like that the other part is usually based in the keyword research area so you can go after low competition long tail keywords there's going to be you know lower search volume it's not going to be as profitable as a higher volume keyword but the fact is if there's a lot of competition and it's high search volume 
and it's highly profitable, there's going to be a lot of people competing for it that have a pretty good head start on you. So I would be shocked if you know you'll be able to come right out of the gate and compete with the the best in your in your field there. So with that in mind, going after the lower search volumes and kind of building your way up, going after you know higher competition keywords as you go, it's probably going to work out better. On the other side of it, you know, a little bit away from SEO is to you know network and maybe look for the long term relationships that might pay off in the future. You know, I get probably a dozen emails a day from people that are either asking for links or trying to just, you know, get something from me. And that's not going to work because I don't know who they are and I don't know why they're emailing me. And it's basically them asking me to do work by giving them a link or something. And if you if you take a longer term view where you're networking within your community, then you're potentially going to get some great results, but it's going to be further down the line. It might be six months. It might be two years later, but those could be business relationships and opportunities. Those could be, you know, just straight up links because they think, oh, I know that person's working on this thing and you get a link from it, but those will pay off in the long run. And it might not even be with them. It might be with their network. So they'll say, oh, you know, I can't do anything for you, but I have a couple friends that are in your area and that, that works out really well, but you have to have a long-term view and not ask for anything um, for a long time and just be patient. I mean, it, it may lead to nothing, but yeah. that is, you know, relationship building and networking. Yeah. I get a bunch of such messages uh, trying to sell me best boss or any other stuff, you know, <laughs> they don't care about me. They don't know what kind of uh services i'm looking for they don't research i i got the messages i know that you love fashion guys <laughs> i have a few t-shirts you know <laughs> and I, yeah. you know i'm looking for quality uh, for less money you know that's it you know so uh, i can buy for uh, five ten dollars t-shirt if it's okay you know if i'd like it uh, and i don't care about any uh, luxury brands so yeah and uh, uh, the best uh, place uh, for such messages spam inbox in my email so uh, they are welcome Please send me more. Uh, yeah. uh, you can uh, be together, you know, with all other uh, people who are trying to sell. Can you tell more about personalization? How to build these relationships today? Uh, how to personalize the message that people want to read? For example, when I got the message from Rand Fishkin, you know, uh, I, I love it. You know, it's personalized. It's interesting. Uh, I, I want to get more such messages. Uh, and uh, uh, I think, you know, uh, it's possible to personalize messages even by using templates from your experience, how to do it. Mm. Can we cuss on this? What? Yeah. Can we cuss and swear on this? Yeah. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I fucking hate the templates and I get these automated emails that just fucking suck and people either don't know how to use their software or mm -hmm. there's a bug in the software. And I, I go on rants on this occasionally, but I'll I'll reply back to templated emails and then I'll get the follow-up email uh, mm -hmm. the next day and then the next day. And I've already replied back like twice and either said, oh, I'm not interested or I am interested. How can I work with you? And then mm -hmm. they'll, they'll mess up. So I would say as much as possible, um, 
don't use a templated email. Actually write the email and make it personalized. Send maybe one-tenth or 1% 1 of whatever emails you're going to automate. And I almost guarantee you, you're going to have better results. And I know a lot of people, this is not going to be popular because um, people want to automate and there's marketers and the, you know, the, the mail companies that enable this, these software companies, they're telling you how great it is. And like, you can get results, but I don't like getting those emails. I pretty much delete them, <laughs> mark them as spam. Occasionally I'll reply back, but uh, generally I would say don't use templates, do it the slow way. It'll be slower, but you'll have better results in the long run. So I'm curious, what what is your response to that? Because I know people want to send out like a thousand emails a week and and automate this whole thing. It's like AI. So yeah, what do you think? Uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I remember when Seth Godin uh, shares about that. Uh, for example, uh, if uh, we get these messages, that means it works. Because if it doesn't work, uh, probably uh, nobody will uh, send these messages. It works, but uh, you can get a big fish. You know, for example, you can uh, cover some uh, people who just started the journey, who don't understand. And probably when you send like uh, 10,000 emails and get one reply uh, that works for you, why not? So, uh, but probably... Uh, people who spend more time who know about these templates who hate them uh, they ignore it and you can't get them so you can get like small fish and Seth Godin shared about that uh, that um, all these templates have the goal not to cover you who ignore uh, they cover just uh, small fish uh, who can pay small money small budget you know not a lot so yeah I think uh, uh, for me of course um, if you wanna play uh, with better influencers with uh, I don't know like uh, to cooperate with people uh, who pay more or uh, get uh, mutual benefits uh, it's better to personalize as maximum as possible and I don't like this automation uh, I can use templates but I personalize it's like you know it's like I have the frame and I can uh, rephrase anything just to have this frame. And after rephrasing, uh, I have like another email, not the same with this frame. <laughs> so it's my attitude about that. Right. Yeah. And I was going to say the other thing with like the templates, um, they, they just end up sloppy more often than not. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I really loved your last video on blah, blah, blah. And I, you sent me an automated email, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, we uh, personalize a little bit, but yeah, right. In most and the reason why, so I, I like I started my YouTube channel and podcast from nothing. So when people are trying to interview and stuff, I don't always do it, but occasionally I'm just like, all right, I'll do the interview. Let's let's check it out. I I almost never do an interview with someone who only you know they're just starting or they only have mm -hmm. like 10 or so but i saw you have consistently published for a pretty long mm -hmm. time so i was like you know what let's do it and i knew yeah. it was an automated <laughs> email i could i mean you can see them a mile away if you're if mm -hmm. you're familiar with the industry like it's obviously a templated email there's nothing mm -hmm. like i mean you personalized it a little bit but it, it was fine um, mm -hmm. generally. So, so I was going to yeah. say, I just want to clarify, like I knew that I got an automated email from you, but also sometimes I go for it and sometimes I don't. Um, 
the other thing this this again is like sort of the slow way and i'm glad that you brought up seth godin i have like a shelf of books um mm -hmm. just just with his books and you know in person conferences or whatever gathering you can go to those are going to be much stronger than relationships than an, a cold email pitch so yeah. i know again i know we want to automate i have a software background i know we want to automate we want to use templates we want to put systems behind it and like have these like really hard um you know sheer large numbers but if you can make a connection in person like that could be a friend or colleague for like many years and it, again it may be a couple years ahead of time but those are going to pay off more than a cold email pitch yeah yeah interesting uh okay let's talk about um, other things in seo uh, uh, for example i usually have the issue to find responsible writers who can uh, write uh, awesome valuable text because uh for example if uh, no i failed many times to cooperate with people on upwork or any other platforms i can't tell that don't use upwork possible you, you can find but uh, for me that was hard experience uh, because most writers usually rewrite existing content and they write about anything uh, and it's better to find experts and i know it takes time from my experience we usually spend time to find experts who can uh, write only about one topic who have proven record uh, can you tell how to find responsible writers who can write about specific project uh, because um, uh, i have customers who reply to me i have no time to write i don't like it i need to compete with my competitors uh, because competition is huge i need to develop innovate my products uh, please help me to create this content and you know uh, it's it started with finding the right writer can you tell how to uh, help such clients mm -hmm. i've very rarely uh, done this mm -hmm. but I, I can give some suggestions typically i've you know i've hired writers that are more generalist and you know if you are hiring a general writer i think it'd be really important to do the research for them so they know you know what to include and provide references or you can hire someone to do the research that maybe is a little bit more of an expert so that's one little cost saving thing where maybe you know it's cheaper to hire an expert that can do the research and then give it to the writer who could put the narrative together um, as far as hiring a writer who's an expert in the specific area, I mean, you you can go to Upwork and potentially say, hey, I'm looking for someone who's a, an expert in, let me make something up. Maybe they're uh, an auto mechanic, right? You have Maybe you have an auto blog, e-commerce shop or something like that. So maybe you could find a mechanic that is also trying to freelance write. So they would actually know uh, the terminology they would understand certain things uh, maybe about the tools or the process that they'll be able to put in where if you just hired a random writer they would not be able to make it sound like they knew what they were talking about because they're just regurgitating content from other sources um so you potentially can but the hard part on upwork or similar marketplaces would be uh, the timing so even if that kind of person exists they have to be looking for the gig at the same time that you're hiring which makes it a little bit harder so what you could do is go to where that set of experts hangs out so maybe that's facebook groups maybe there's like a mechanics facebook group or maybe there's a forum or 
something like that, right? Probably Facebook groups and forums may be the most common where you could go out there and, uh, you know, create a profile or become part of the community and then ask, say, hey, I'm looking for a writer in this area. And then instead of, you know, finding the one mechanic who happens to be in the pool of thousands of writers, you're going to a place where there's a bunch of mechanics and maybe there's several writers there, but almost everyone there is a mechanic. So go to where that um, community is and then start asking around and you'll probably be able to find someone that wants to write or make some money on the side. Really common that people are thinking, oh, that'd be great. I I would definitely you know write about something I'm an expert in, earn some money on the side anytime I want to. So you know, go where they are and you should be able to have better success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable, valuable. Um, Doc, I have the question about uh, your strong side. Um, for example, uh, when I speak with many experts, uh, some of them uh, prefer uh, creating high quality content and they can ignore link building because they uh, they are good with creating content that provides results. Uh, and uh, some projects even have more than a million traffic, you know, without any link building. It works for them. Why not? Uh, other experts can tell, no way, you can go ahead without link building. It's better to use white hat SEO, bunch of link building campaigns, PR, uh, skyscraper, it depends, guest posting. Uh, and uh, I, I think, uh, you know, all experts are right because when you uh, pay attention to one specific direction where you are much better than your competitors, why not? You can get results without link building or just by using link building. Uh, uh, some of them proclaim uh, technical optimization is very important. Can you tell your strong side where you pay more attention because we have a bunch of algorithms and sometimes our uh, resources limited. We can't use all of them. Uh, tell about your strong sets where you pay more attention today. I am kind of in the middle. So mm -hmm. I I think both of them are valuable. And I prefer to sort of split the resources and do, you know, as good a content as I can. And the other half of the resources goes to, you know, outreach, link building kind of activities. So I know there's some people are a lot more dogmatic about it in one direction or the other, but I definitely see the value in link building and I know it pays off over time. So in high quality content is very important, but I would, I would definitely hedge and just split the time. I, I, I know Google doesn't like us to link or to build links, but they, they use them to help, help rank us. So obviously they're important. So split the time is what I say. Mm -hmm. okay. How about you? What do you think? Uh, it depends on the project. It uh, depends. For example, if I, I, I check out benchmark, if I see that it's possible to pay more attention creating content, uh, yeah, we provide link building, but we uh, share more budget uh, by creating content. Sometimes, uh, especially in crypto or finance, uh, yeah, it's better to get this authority, links, mentions, PR campaigns, and yeah, we share uh, more budget to link building campaigns, and it depends. Uh, for example, uh, I have a few projects uh, in music industry, and uh, we don't provide a lot of link building, and uh, we got uh, good traffic without link building. Uh, so... I think it depends. It's better to check out benchmark uh, your competitors because many uh, projects have no link building campaigns, but they work well. So because of creating this like, like link worthy content when they 
get this links naturally why not so yeah right it depends okay i have the question about common mistakes can you tell uh or uh, provide a list of mistakes that you can see webmasters still do but it's obsolete it doesn't work uh, and it's better to not to do so um mistakes it sounds like a couple in there um so i'll, I'll try to answer and then you, you tell me if I'm, I'm off the mark here but i think especially beginners so i i work with a lot of beginners or people that haven't had like a successful site yet and i think most people greatly underestimate how much time and effort it'll take so they think in you know a month or two they're going to have a track a lot of traffic on their site, earn a lot of money, and it's it's going to take longer, and it's going to take longer than it used to. So if their expectations are wrong, it's it's um it's going to it's, it's going to hurt the results in the long run because probably they're going to quit, and that's the big mistake. People quit too soon, and they just think uh, this doesn't work, and then they move on to some other project. And you know, I think the other part of your question, if I caught it right, was what do experts still do that maybe they don't uh, need to do? Uh, I mean, like webmasters, because experts usually do what uh, they know okay. that work for them. Uh, webmasters, common webmasters who are trying to get traffic. Gotcha. I think I let, let's come back to it. Nothing else comes to mind. I think people, like I said, they quit too soon and. Yeah. I haven't I haven't specifically thought about like you know little mistakes that webmasters do in in a little bit but let's come back to it maybe it'll come to me <laughs> okay uh, by the way I agree about patience is very important in SEO field because uh, uh, yeah like 10 years ago uh, I told my clients it takes like three six months today i'm not sure that it's possible for three six months uh it depends of course it's better to analyze benchmark and uh, yeah it depends on uh, uh content that you have about your strategy many other things uh, and but it takes like more than 12 months uh, and even more i remember when uh lily ray uh, replied me uh, to this question she told uh yeah you need to have patience or uh find something else you know because without patience yeah. how you can go ahead uh and it, it's not only about SEO. i don't know how to get uh fast results on social media <laughs> please share me how to get hundred uh, thousand followers uh, i don't know for a few months it takes time it's not about in followers it's more about engagement uh a loyal audience it takes time to build community it takes time to get results in seo field is the same i think uh, it doesn't matter what kind of marketing you use even in paid marketing so it takes time to set up the right marketing campaigns to uh create these landing pages um, everywhere yeah patience is key because you have competitors who don't wait when you get these results when you create this content yeah you need to compete with them uh i have the question about uh high quality content you uh mentioned about high quality content how to measure this quality because you know uh, uh when i create content i can feel that it's the best content in the world you know because i'm subjective to my content i feel uh, i spend some time but uh google can judge <laughs> which content is quality or not uh, can you tell how to measure uh, that your content is quality and better than competitors have? 
That yeah, that's a tough one. I that that is actually one of the mistakes that I thought of um, for the previous question is people judge that our content is really high quality. And I look at a lot of sites and I see that it is not high quality. It's very clear with one sentence that is not high quality. So I would say, you know, try to develop your own eye to be more objective judging your own content. You can use tools like Grammarly to help you out with um, just some of the common mistakes. Grammarly Premium is very good to help you clean up and tighten the content up. But the easiest way to tell is um, get someone else to read it and yeah. let them know, you know, the the sort of search phrase or the search intent. And does that actually like fit with the, the actual content? And I mean, you could hire a, a, an editor from Upwork to go through it and then show you like, hey, here's the stuff that is not that great. As far as like judging it against other content, again, either you'll have to develop your own objective skills where you can see, oh, that's actually better. They they said the same stuff in 30% fewer words like that. That's better. And if you can't do it, you could just hire someone to do it. So pretty easy. I would say probably fairly cheap. You know, an editor is going to be uh, potentially cheaper for that kind of task. Or you could just say, hey, read my content, read the other content. Let me know like what's better, what's worse, what I can improve. And then they could kind of coach you through it. Yeah, love it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, by the way, I don't rely 100% to tools. Uh, even Grammarly, for example, you can fix with Grammarly. It's a great tool. But, you know, uh, it's interesting when I fix with Grammarly uh, and I see uh, after Grammarly that I have like 50 mistakes. Um, when I send to uh, proofreading, I get like 100 mistakes after that. <laughs> and, right. you know, uh, because editors uh, can see another side and uh, i uh, for my seo course one editor uh, wrote an article about how to uh, provide this editing yeah it's awesome article about that and he shared uh, when you can rely on tools when you can't because for example tools can show for example don't use passive voice okay don't use uh, uh, 10 times 20 times but sometimes you need to highlight the subject uh, yeah, because it's much simpler to un understand. And passive voice, it doesn't mean it's mistake. It's not mistake. But uh, of course, it's better to use, uh, not to use a lot, but uh, sometimes we need it. So yeah, I love it. Uh, Doug, I have the question about, uh, let's imagine you have no experience, knowledge, skills, anything. What will you do today to learn more about SEO? So I think, you know, like I answered before, I'd probably go to YouTube or podcast to see, you know, what people are doing these days and, you know, just go from there. there you'll find, you know, jumping off points. When I first started listening to podcast, uh, Pat Flynn would interview other people who sometimes had podcasts or blogs or something. So I would go investigate what they were working on and just keep keep going from there as, as other people were on different shows. I ended up with kind of a network of different kinds of content because sometimes it was YouTube, sometimes it was blogs, and I would be able to go to uh, different areas to learn.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I got it. Uh, what do you think about the future of SEO? What kind of future will be? Because many things are coming, metaverse, many others. Uh, what do you think? Is Will SEO be dead uh, or, or it's close to that or uh, your forecast about the future? Well, I uh, typically hate these kind of questions where you ask that you specifically, but where uh, I'm supposed to predict the future. And if I could predict the future, I would not be here talking to you. So um, with that out of the way, I, I really don't know. I would suspect because Google has just been going kind of in the same direction for the last several years that it will continue in the same direction where uh, at least the intent is, you know, provide content that's good for the visitor and the searcher, all that in air quotes, you know, and Mm -hmm. with that in mind, you know, I think it'll be more, more sort of content focused and high quality content. And there was a trend for a few years to write really long form content. And I think that shifted back because marketers ruined it. And we, you know, we wrote, you know, 15,000 word pieces and it could have been a thousand words. So I think it's kind of shifting in that direction to like get the answer to the searcher as quickly as possible. And, you know, as long as there are search engines there will be, you know, SEO. So I don't think it'll be dead. People obviously use uh, YouTube as a search engine as well and other other things out there. And looking at it through that lens, it's a skill set that will be good to have, even if it does shift or where there's some other search engine and Google is not the main player, let's say in 10 years or something, if there's some other mechanism for search, um, the skills will still be transferable, I think. Yeah, love it, love it, Doc. It's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Sure, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, just Doug Cunnington. So there's a lot of a lot of content out there. I do live streams each week, usually on Tuesdays, so you can check that out. I also have a blog, nichesiteproject.com. And you can download all the the templates and systems and and different things like that that I use for really niche sites. So affiliate marketing and display ads. So there's a lot of information on that. And there's even templates for hiring writers from Upwork, the job listing, the onboarding document, other templates like that. So that's where you can find me. And I also have a podcast called The Doug Show. I talk about affiliate marketing and side hustles there. And uh, you, you could actually find several of the episodes on YouTube. Nice, nice. Guys, you can uh, find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights. And uh, guys, you need to follow Doug. You can see a lot of valuable insights. Just learn from him, listen to his audio podcast, watch his YouTube channel. I recommend 100% because you can be a better marketer. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.